to see the World Wrestling Federation Championship belt is not worthy to go around the waist of an athlete of my caliber. It is not worthy of the million dollar man. Before me right here is a championship belt worth a million dollars. It is made of pure gold and diamonds. Diamonds of the highest quality, made and fashioned by the finest jeweler in the entire world. I give you, brother love, oh the million dollar championship belt. Wow. Holy Take a look at that, Jesse. McMahon, are those all the diamonds, obviously? I didn't. I've never seen Million Dollar Man in person, but I have seen Virgil quite a bit. Okay. <laughs> he's always at autograph shows, you know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and he's got his folding table and his uh, fanny pack. Uh, yeah, he had a tweet that went viral like a month ago with his balls hanging out. Did you see that one? <laughs> no. Yeah. He Why, just basic, where, where were his balls hanging out? I mean, out of his shorts, he, I assume, but like. Yeah, you know, he just like, yeah, he bent over to tie his shoelaces and he had a, a cut in there. But I think he clearly framed it to make sure that you saw that. <laughs> <laughs> He's another one like the Iron Sheik whose tweets crack me up and he just kind oh, of yeah. says the same thing over and over. It's just meat sauce and breadsticks. Yeah, this. uh the, you know, we've been watching the NXT and they've been doing this, you know, who's going to get the million dollar legacy, you know, million dollar man got pulled into this angle between Cameron, Cameron Grimes. How are you liking that? LA Knight. I'm liking it a lot just because million dollar man's involved. Yeah. It's really, it's really, but uh, pulling them in and slowly the story is Cameron Grimes uh, was a poor kid from North Carolina who took a break and while he was in you know rehabbing an injury he started investing stocks in stocks and he got rich on GameStop stock yeah so now he's now he's rich so he's got like a sports coat even though he doesn't wear a shirt I think he's one of Michael Hayes's favorite because he's got a really furry chest uh-huh so and he doesn't like and he just wears the sports coat very free bird free bird-esque yeah there so he's rich out there and then you got this other guy LA Knight who's kind of like a silver spoon guy and is rich. So they've been basically debating to who is more rich or who's better with their money. And then Ted DiBiase was perfect to set this up to kind of pull him in. It was just like, everybody's got a price, you know, and he, and Uh he had money to money to burn. So it just, I made me want to uh, chat about the, our, our memories of Ted DiBiase because he really was the million dollar race. Yeah. He was really an integral part of the WWF, you know, during that superstars era that we already love. And ironically, I mean, he was a huge star in Mid-South before that. But, you know, everybody knows him as the Million Dollar Man. Who Was he a different gimmick in Mid-South? Oh, yeah. He was, what was uh, his character. He was basically almost uh, he was just Ted DiBiase. He was, he was just a badass. He had like a black glove so he so, was in he was in mid-south what was his uh, gimmick in mid-south he was no he was no gimmick dude he was just a badass wrestler you know and this was like a he was a 70s wrestler he basically looked like a giant uh gladiator is the best way to explain it i think he's one of those guys that 
people were not used to not seeing somebody all juiced up on steroids in those days. So they thought they were small. And then when you meet him in person, you're like, this guy is like mammoth. He's like comic book big. He's got the big giant neck. Yeah. You know, he's got the big round head. I mean, he was like a seventies wrestler. His dad was a, you know, a wrestler who actually died in the ring. Uh-huh. What? Like, His dad died in the ring. His dad died in the ring of like a heart attack. Uh, so, but he was just one of those guys, like you remember, uh, you know, Bruiser Brody, Stan Hansen, uh, the, you know, those guys, you know, those, uh, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, he was, he was up there with those guys, a real badass. Mm. So it was like, it really honestly was a stretch for him to go to the WWF at the time as the million dollar man to be something that was almost like comic book gimmicky which fun fun fact you know back then they used to come up with gimmicks and then try to find wrestlers to fill it they Uh originally had the million dollar man earmarked for mr perfect kurt henning so it literally could have been the million dollar man kurt henning wow but uh obviously it worked out for dibiase because i mean mr perfect was perfect as perfect (laughs) that's like a that's like a what if what if wwf edition yeah, exactly. So that would have been uh, pretty trippy to see. But, you know, to to pull him back in now, just because, you know, for that, everybody has a price when two guys are trying to compete on basically who's who's got more money, who's got more disposable money, kind of got me interested because, you know, I got to be honest, you know, NXT, everything kind of bleeds together. Yeah. You know, it's just like I can't keep track of like whose rock and roll track is this? You know, and and who's coming out to somebody screaming Mm -hmm. and, you know, it's just like who's going to, you know, I know they banned leg slaps, but it's a very similar hard hitting style. But I mean, I like the people who come out and just are kind of quirky and stars. And to me, Cameron Grimes kind of fit that, you know, I can see Michael Hayes, who also got pulled into this angle, kind of marking out for him because it's just like he's very free bird ask you know it's just like he's in shape but i mean you're not gonna be like holy crap you see that you know the physique on cameron grimes you know it's just like so he's just going with the money so having a million dollar ladder match to obtain the million dollar belt would just like got my attention because you know when he made that belt you know just coming off you know well let's go over you know when he first came in he basically was the person that caused Hulk Hogan to drop Hogan, you know, basically Hogan's first title run drop was from Ted DiBiase, man. Oh, really? Yeah. That was because of Ted DiBiase. Think of Hulkamania was born in 1984 and it did not die. You know, the first time he lost the belt was 88 to Andre the giant, but that was in because of Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase came in as the million dollar man and said, I'm going to buy the belt. Because I can buy everybody, anything, and everybody's got a price. And, you know, obviously Hogan being the, you know, baby face back then said no. So then DiBiase basically bought Andre to fight Hogan and take the belt from him. And this was after WrestleMania three, So Hogan already beat Andre. Uh-huh. But then they had a main event special, which was actually a primetime wrestling special. It wasn't Saturday night's main event. It was the main event and it was on NBC and it was like primetime, which was a big deal at the time. Oh yeah. And it did monster ratings. And 
Ted DiBiase is the one that hired the two twin referees, Dave and Earl Hebner, to screw Hogan out of that belt for the first time. And then Andre won the belt, and then he immediately forfeited it to the million-dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Then, you know, they had the the schmas. No, you can't do that. And that led into the WrestleMania four tournament uh, to get the belt. But that, you know, that whole thing, that whole angle built around WrestleMania four and then Hogan losing that belt was all because of Ted DiBiase. Wow. I didn't know that. Everybody's got a price for the million dollar man. It was such a a big deal then, you know, but you know, he just came in so cool, you know, just like disposable money, you know, and just like he came in with the vignettes, everybody loved the vignettes, you know, Twitter famous Virgil was just, you know, the speechless, you know, bodyguard back then. And I remember how cool it was that, he paid Virgil to kick all those kids out of the pool so he can sit in the pool by himself, uh, just doing cool things. You know, he was uh, also had something to do with Rob Van Dam's very first appearance in WWE. As you saw, like a, a teenage Rob Van Dam come pulled out from the crowd and Ted DiBiase paid him a hundred dollars to kiss his sweaty foot. <laughs> <laughs> So it's just like, there's just so many good memories with Ted DiBiase in WWF. Uh, So then after all the stuff with the title, you know, he realized he was never going to get that world title by buying it. And then he had his run. He wasn't going to get it. And he's like, you know what? I'm just going to make my own belt. And it's going to be the million dollar belt because it cost him $1 million. Yeah. Uh, I actually found, I think I read... And I, it might have been on that Treasure Hunters, too, that I think the belt, when it was originally made, cost $35,000, which is still pretty expensive for a belt. I'm sure you can get replicas a lot cheaper. Yeah. Now, but the original million-dollar belt cost thirty-five grand to make. Now it's probably worth – the original one is probably worth a ton, you know, if you can get your hands on that. So he had that. And that title actually has a lot of prestige. Like, do you remember, you have, you remember watching any of the stuff with the million dollar belt? I do. I never really felt like it was a, a prestigious title. It felt like a bootleg title to me, even as a child, I <laughs> yeah, was just like, I, this guy just has, he just made his own belt. It doesn't like, carry any value. Yeah. And that, and back then it, you're absolutely right. It didn't, it was very much like Taz with the FTW belt, you yeah. know, which is starting to come back now in AEW. But back when it first had it, it had no value because he didn't beat anybody to it. But, you know, it slowly started to get value because the first, you know, he actually lost that belt to Virgil when Virgil eventually finally had that baby face run and he beat Vir- Virgil beat him to get that million dollar belt. So they it actually had they used it to build angles in there. Yeah. Can so, I just say also Virgil, I think that was the original manservant angle, which I feel has been replicated several times in the subsequent oh, years. Absolutely, and yeah. It's, it's always the man. <laughs> you know the manservant is eventually gonna turn on his um you know boss. Yeah, he's turn on. And you know the uh, story behind the name Virgil, right? No. So the name Virgil, uh back then that's when W Back with the, during one of the, you know, the wars, pre-Monday Night Wars, but WCW, NWA versus WWF. Dusty Rhodes was the booker at the time, and uh-huh. his, real na- his real name is Virgil Runnels. So Virgil was as almost like a little bit of a, not a dig, but definitely like something to like 
a shot, so to speak, at Dusty Rhodes, and they called the manservant Virgil, which later later on they returned the favor because when Virgil went to WCW during the Monday Night Wars, they named him Vincent as a. <laughs> I remember that. Yes. Yes. So that's what that's there's there's some history with Virgil Vincent name there. So I always thought that was cool. Part of the wars, man. A lot of stuff had just a lot of tentacles reached through history, which makes. That's what makes wrestling a very unique form of entertainment. Legendary, legendary yeah. beefs. Can I just say something though? I had no idea that was Dusty Rhodes' real name. Virgil Reynolds? Yeah. yeah. And I just, I think Virgil Reynolds is just as strong as a name. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah. Reynolds, like R U N N E L S. Oh, not like Burt Reynolds? Yeah. Reynolds. Reynolds. <laughs> Sorry, that's my accent coming. But well, yeah. Well, he could have changed it to Reynolds. <laughs> and been virtual yeah. Reynolds and, you know, and do <laughs> maybe grow a mustache. I don't know, but that just is such a strong name. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, absolutely. It is. I mean, it's surprising. Uh, you know, Dustin never carried it or Cody never carried it. You know, they stuck with the Rhodes name, but yeah, just dusty Rhodes. That's now it's iconic, but yeah, he probably could have, you know, he had enough, uh, he oozed, you know, charisma and he would have made Virgil Reynolds work. And he, yeah. we would have spoke of that. Like there was like, you know, it didn't mean anything. And he had great, he had a great feud when ironically, when he came to WWF Dusty Rhodes, he had a great feud with the million dollar man versus basically the common man, the son of a plumber versus the millionaire. Yeah. That was the like, kind of like leading up to what eventually became, you know, Vince versus Stone Cold, you know, mm-hmm. which, you know, uh, they just again, it's just the tentacles that kind of go through. Uh, but back on the million dollar belt, they did that with Virgil. They also did a Jake the Snake. He stole the belt and he stuck it in his snake bag and they couldn't get it back out. So they used it as a, a prop uh, a lot. So it was definitely a gimmick enough, you know, and that was back when titles were used to make people, people, you know, the wrestlers back then, they almost looked at the titles as you need that title more than I do. I don't need that title. I'm already over. They would yeah. try to give the title to give somebody to get over, which ironically giving the title to get somebody over on the only, another person who actually was a million dollar champion was stone cold. Steve Austin, before he was stone cold, he was the ringmaster and he got brought in, that night I was there. That was one of my last, you know, I was on kind of like on the end of my run there. Uh, they brought him in as the ringmaster and Ted DiBiase was his manager and he was the ultimate technician. So Ted DiBiase declared Steve Austin, the ringmaster, the million dollar champion. Wow. So that's when it's just like, it's what started off, like you said, very bootleg uh, as a prop, but it's just like, now think about this. It's just like, they a title change hand with Virgil. They used it for a big face turn. You know, they used it as a big prop with, you know, Jake, the snake, mm-hmm. you know, uh, now used it to get stone cold over. So basically now this title is changing hands. Okay. So and now, um, wait, Cameron Grimes has it. No, who, who has it now? Cameron. Oh no. So the match, uh, LA Knight won the match with which it was a really good match. It was a great ladder match. Uh, but he took Cameron Grimes took, he, you know, he gave the, uh, Game stop stock for the for the apes out there, the hold the line guys to the moon. And he tried to climb that ladder, but he took a big bump off that ladder. And now L.A. Knight is the million dollar champion. So that belt is back in NXT. So uh, it was cool to see it back. You know, uh, now, you know, 
again, we talk about family and all these connections. You know, another person who had that million dollar championship, right? Who was priceless. Ted DiBiase Jr. had that title too. I forgot about Jr. as well. Yeah. So when he got brought in, which I really thought, you know, because he has two sons and they're like super athletic. So I thought they were going to be brought in as as like a tag team. Uh-huh. Uh, but Ted DiBiase came in with uh, Mrs. I believe he had Mrs. Wife uh, as like a, a French maid, but he was priceless. And he also had that million dollar championship. I forgot all about that angle. So it's like, think about this, dude. Now we're talking about, you know, 89 ish. And now it's 2021 and we're still talking about the million dollar championship. Yeah. (laughs) So where does it go from here? You think they're going to keep it as a legit belt in NXT? Well, ironically, it's just like, you know, and hats off to Hunter and, you know, Shawn Michaels. I think they are going, but, you know, as much as I dislike the everybody's got, you know, a heavy metal song and everybody looks the same. They're still going back to a lot of traditional things in wrestling and one of the traditions is try to use these titles to get people over, to kind of push them over the edge. And to be honest, I would have liked to see Cameron Grimes have that belt because I would just be a mark for Cameron Grimes. I feel like that would have made more sense to me. It would have. But here's the thing. L.A. Knight needs the belt because even though he's got that gimmick and he's great on the mic, he's not as over and he's not as you know, he's not at that level of, of Cameron Grind. He's super close, and you can tell they're about to strap a rocket to him because he's got tons of potential. This was going to use to kind of push him a little bit in that direction, and now they can actually keep pushing him with that title before they start giving him other titles because, you know, look, we talked about this. You can you can have too many titles or you can have too few, too few titles. So what do you do when you're in that position? You, you need blood feuds or you just need a gimmick to kind of keep these guys, you know, keep something interesting. On why am I watching, you know, you know, Jim Ross always called it personal issues is why you do this. And it became a personal issue with a prop that is just like, I want the DiBiase belt. No, yeah. I want the DiBiase belt. Yeah. And now they can use it to get them over, man. Yeah. So it would have made sense. And, you know, and look, they could do it. They could still kind of give it to them and, you know, they can give it back and they can kind of trade it back and forth. Uh, but it's cool to see DiBiase in there, dude. And again, it just goes to show. And, you know, I think he's, uh, I don't know. I think he believe he's in his, he's got to be, he was born in 54. So he's getting up there, but dude, he's late sixties. Yeah. He's still a behemoth. Like he, he looks so much bigger than everybody else in that ring when he was standing there. Yeah. Uh, I have a fun, uh, speaking of everybody has the price for the million dollar man. I have a fun story of, uh, meeting million dollar man. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So it was, uh, it might've been even that same night that I was just talking about that he was there. Uh, I dude, I was broke living in my car, trying to make shots, you know, driving, you know, this wasn't the driving in a snowstorm night because I think that was my Undertaker match night. This might have been one that I was just there and I didn't even get used. Uh, but I spent all night driving and it was like it was the Northeast. I didn't know where I was going. This was before GPS. I might have had a Texaco book map. Yeah, it's like three in the morning. So I didn't sleep, you know, because I was like, well, screw it. I'll just drive to the next town. And I'll just go sleep in the parking lot until uh, I get called in. Uh, the building opens up early for TV tapings. So I thought I'd be lucky. 
and like I'll find a back room and I'll go take a nap. Uh-huh. So I did. I found a back room. I thought, you know, n- nobody will mess with me there. And dude, I I back then I had re- you know just from getting punched in the nose a lot. Uh, I had really bad like when I fall asleep, my mouth would drop open. Yeah, you know, because I'd wake up on road trips and the freaking wrestlers, you know, would be, I'd wake up with like paper all over me. Cause they were just like trying to throw stuff in my mouth. Cause it was wide open. Uh-huh. So I fell asleep with using my bag as a pillow and like something just told me like, wake up. And like, I shot up and I look and standing at the door is the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. And he's standing there with Barry Horowitz and he had a look on his face and they both kind of looked and then there's just like, and then they slowly close the door, but you can tell. And in my head, I was like, he's going to pay Barry Horowitz to piss in my mouth. Because <laughs> <laughs> he had this look and he didn't say it with his mouth because he just kind of smirked and they closed the door. But his eyes said, everybody's got a price <laughs> for the million dollar man. And I was just like, oh my God. So something just told me to wake up at that moment. And that was like, so, you know, and he, like, he was, he was friendly with me yeah. after that. But like at that moment, he just saw, you know, and that was back then, you know, wrestlers were ribbing each other constantly. And I was a wrestler cause I was sleeping on my gear bag. Yeah. So it was clear and mm-hmm. my mouth was wide open. Like I, I was just like, <laughs> he's going to pay, you know, Barry Horowitz is just like the perennial extra, you know, just like. So you think that was about to happen in the moment and your subconscious warned, <laughs> yeah, warned you about this? Yeah, something did because something was going to go in my mouth <laughs> as, a, <laughs> as a rib. In my head, it was kind of like the scene in, you know, Stand By Me, Chopper Sick, Sick him, but he heard Chopper Sick Balls. Yeah. <laughs> so for all I know, they could have just like, maybe they were going to throw paper in my mouth. Yeah. But I just assumed he's like, <laughs> going to piss in my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and then he would have said, <laughs> just like he did, he would have did the DiBiase laugh. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Barry, Barry Horowitz would have been like, I'm $100 richer. Money, <laughs> money, money, like, money. <laughs> So, but yeah, dude, he was, you know, he's a legend, man. And it's just like, it's, it's great to see bringing these guys back with the hits because it ties it together, which is what WWE, you know, Ron SmackDown missed that sometimes, but I feel like NXT embraces it. Right. And it's just like, bring these guys back and help them to use these guys to get over. Even if it's just for small shots like this. Yeah. These two guys automatically have a little bit more juice because ted dibiase was at ringside with his belt offering to put his legacy of the million dollar legacy on the line you know money incorporated and just like now you know now the fun part would be it's just like now call in erwin r shyster call in mike rotunda you know and just like (laughs) you gotta pay taxes on that belt you know now i think they should bring him in there and just like he's got to pay tax on that GameStop stock you know, and now Cameron Grimes is like, screw man, DiBiase screwed me. Now he sent Erwin Scheister to get his taxes with me. And it's like, like they don't even have to wrestle because they everybody already knows. Uh-huh. But now you're just like giving a reason to watch this match because I got to be honest, dude, I was watching all these matches and I like Raquel Gonzalez. You know, I wrestled uh, a lot with her dad, you know, when they were American breed. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, Speedy, Speedy Gonzalez. On <laughs> that's not a bad stereotype. That's when we didn't care about IP, right? I was <laughs> yeah. like, I was Rico Suave, and he was Speedy Gonzalez. Uh, but we had some. He he was you know super nice guy uh, out of Houston, and just like so seeing his daughter in there, 
that yeah. had me interested. But if it wasn't for that, the only thing that got my attention was just like Ted DiBiase's million dollar legacy is back. Yeah. So bring bring these guys in for the rub. Yeah. You have a favorite uh, million dollar man moment that you remember? I mean, I don't really per se. I just I was never really a fan of Million Dollar Man. I got to be saying, no. as, okay. as a kid, he didn't jump out to me. He's not somebody I liked, you know. But I was a total mark for wrestling. Thought it was real. <laughs> you know what I mean? So oh, it's okay. like he just I just didn't like him. He didn't really he, he didn't do anything for me. And that being <laughs> not just like I guess now uh, being older and looking back, I can appreciate his legacy and like his contribution to the business and all that. Oh, but as yeah. a kid, I just don't remember ever liking him. You know, oh, that's funny. Yeah, I <laughs> well, just. He, he did his job, you know, because I know that's what I'm saying. He did his job, right? <laughs> He's just like he got you saw him kick all those kids out of the pool. And yeah. like, Oh, man, screw him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Everything is just like all his quote, you know, all his vignettes, his vignettes. When you're over, when your vignettes are that big before you even step foot in the territory. Uh-huh. And that's that's over because, dude, this I mean, Ted DiBiase, I mean, he was running with before that Ric Flair Jim Duggan, Paul Orndorff, Dick Murdoch, the Freebirds, one man gang. You know, like I said, he had a he was a rat pack. That was the name of their trio with Jim Duggan and Matt Bourne, who later became Doink the Clown. Uh-huh. But they were just these three giant badasses, like just so for him to just like set the do those vignettes and then get over with this new gimmick and still be like a phenomenal because he was still a phenomenal wrestler. Yeah. You know, he just wasn't the like the crazy badass he was. He was playing that character. But how cool was it that he always, you know, the office probably always had to make sure that he had like a thousand dollars in hundreds right. at all times because they lit their gimmick back then, man. Yeah. So they always had to make sure he had money from the gate yep. <laughs> in it, in his pocket <laughs> at all times. You know? So just for, you know, like I said, I, I have good memories of him. Like I said, meeting him in person was very surreal other than the thinking he's going to pay someone to pee in my mouth. Just, I just remember <laughs> the, the, the size of him, like his neck, his neck and his head. It just blew me away, man. So yeah. it was very cool to see him as part of that angle. Um, yeah. And I like your Irwin, our Irwin, our shyster idea. I think that needs to be done. Bring in, yeah, some, bring, bring in some of those old comedy gimmicks into NXT. They need a little lightening up, you know? Yeah, I think that would work, man. And and look, these guys are all around. You know, there's still a lot of them that are, or they'll come in for a shot or two. And, you know, yeah. you know, I saw, you know, watching the Treasure Hunters, Greg Valentine sold his boots for a grand. So uh-huh. it's just like, yeah, he's like, yeah, I mean, he'll, I'm sure you can get any of these guys in. But, yeah, I'm going to call up Triple H and tell him my idea about Erwin R. Scheister and then – they won't even let me through to him. Who am yeah. I kidding? <laughs> I'll add him on Twitter. I don't know. I just like, I, I always like, and it. it's just like, we need those honky tonk mans. We need those Ted DiBiase's, you know, and they got to be done by like performers who actually could wrestle. I mean, freaking Mike Rotunda, you know, the father of Bray Wyatt, you know, it's just like, he, he was an all, all American collegiate wrestler, mm-hmm. you know, but, but everybody remembers him as Irwin R. Scheister. Yeah. And, you know, at the time it was probably like, what a dumb idea, but it's 2021 and we're talking about it. And I remember Terry Taylor, another great wrestler, you know, he's most known for being the red rooster. Uh And everyone's like, what a horrible gimmick. (laughs) (laughs) But he's like, well, it's 2021 and you're still talking about it. So there's that. So, yeah, I guess everybody's got a price for the real million dollar man, Vince McMahon. (laughs) 